Hey, this is the Image Doctors Photography Podcast. I'm Jason O'Dell. And I'm Rick Walker. And once again, it's good to be back and uh, enjoying our summer here in Colorado. And we have a fun topic today, right, Rick? Yeah, I think so. We went shooting. Yeah, it was a <laughs> spur of the moment thing and pretty different than what we would normally do. But we had, had a lot of fun idea. doing it. Yeah, a great idea. Sometimes I was proud I came up with that. That was that was <laughs> nice. Well, you know, it's just been like kind of, you know, the subjects we have around here, they're not bad ones, but the light can be brutal. And so a lot of times we just don't get out probably as often as we should. You know, it's not like you go down to the local duck pond and shoot ducks because there aren't any. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we didn't do ducks this time. We did not do wildlife this time. We didn't even do architecture this time. We, uh, we took advantage of uh, the local uh, uh, Pikes Peak Pride Festival. Right. And the, and a parade. Downtown. Big parade downtown. Yeah. Yeah. And it was a lot of fun. It, re- it really was. I'd never been to one um, ever. And it was, it was actually very nice. It was, I think I expected something a, a little bit wilder in some ways. And it, and it really wasn't wild. It was, it was just kind of nice, but you know, lots of people dressed up very colorfully, um, except for me, you know, I, yeah, I, you, I played the boring old straight white guy, I guess Oh well. <laughs> at any rate. Um, but you know, lots of people having a good time. And I, I think one of the important things about it, from my perspective, because there are a lot of events that you could photograph and have, you know, probably a similar kind of fun, but things I thought were nice about it, you know, photographically were one, all the people wearing interesting costumes, lots of color and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And then more importantly, people wanted to be seen, especially those in the parade. So that's easy photography and fun photography, but also the people on the sidelines who were dressed up were very happy to have their photographs taken. I know both of us did some of that. It was super easy. You know, it was, it was just a matter of, Hey, you look great. Do you mind if I get a photo of you? And sure. That'd be super. And that's, that's wonderful for me at least. And Mm -hmm. maybe to a a limited, you know, to a similar extent to, to both of us, but that's, outside of my normal comfort zone so i think i'm slightly more comfortable with it but it was still great it yeah, just felt so, like you had well, a what i'm saying was that so it it was a lot easier for me to do that in the context of this where everybody was dressed up and wanted to be had no issues with being photographed whatsoever it made right. it a lot easier to approach the random um uh you know um the, the the random bystander now, someone we'll, that you don't know at all right and, so know, just... so here's this is the typical thing we've got a downtown we're in downtown there's a parade route um let's just talk i mean obviously the subjects were were, were easy to find um, yeah plus all the vendors and the stuff that was going on in the because it was an all-day festival mm-hmm. um you know there was a lot of things to, to photograph it was not difficult at all but uh when you're setting up for a parade, it's a little bit different because you really don't have a lot of flexibility to walk around. Um, you're you're going to mostly be in one spot. So you need, and you need to stake that spot out ahead of time so you can get a spot. Um, usually it's somewhere on a curb or where, wherever you might be along the street. Mm-hmm. And we were kind of lucky that the, 
where we were wasn't super dense. I've been to other things where you know you can be three or four deep, really, really yeah, tight. And that's and it's really hard. It, it's it's almost impossible. Um, so one of the things before we even started out, um, we both chose to bring sort of telephoto zooms because we figured we were going to have a variety of subjects. Mm-hmm. I just brought my twenty-four to two hundred uh with the z9 and and i think you had two lenses right you had a a shorter yeah, zoom I, and, a, and, a and then the zoom. 70 to 200 to 8 yeah and, and actually i could have done everything with the 70 to 200 if you know looking back over my images mm-hmm. there was not a single shot i made that was shorter than 70 millimeters but that was just because of how i approached it which was a little bit different than how you approached it yeah which I, is one of the fun things about photography right. So yeah, so in my mind, I was thinking kind of photojournalism, get pictures of the people. Imagine you're there as an on assignment from the local paper, and your job is to cover the parade. So you want to mm-hmm. be able to not just take pictures of the parade, you know, the over overview shots, but also close-ups of the people and other things that are going on. You know, it's that same idea, that approach that gets you a diversity of shots that when you come home, uh, if you were to put together a little photo essay, I'm mean, not saying that's mm-hmm. what we did but if you were to do that you'd have you'd have a representative um uh, uh assortment of photos from from the event mm-hmm. so and i did some something somewhat similar but you know based on what i was saying about focal links i did go for um more isolated sections i certainly did overall parade but it was typically going down the street and the more compressed shots mm-hmm. that you get with a longer focal length, like, you know, here are the next cars coming up, here are the next sets of people kind of stacked up a little bit with some mm-hmm. compression. So mm-hmm. I got the overall parade settings that way as opposed to wide focal lengths, but they're both valid and work. Right. Now, one but thing I, about this. I was kind of focused from the get-go more on tight shots of people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I did both so i went everything from 24 getting down low shots of the vehicles and the floats coming down you know with people all around and the background um so i want to mention backgrounds because this is one of those areas where you can get yourself into you can really set yourself up for success or failure by where you stand Um, Mm -hmm. we deliberately chose to be on a side of the intersection where the street lights overhead, you know, the traffic lights were behind us. So the parade was coming towards us and we didn't have the, the street lights hanging down. So we weren't on the, you know, the, the backside of an intersection. We were on the front front side of the intersection from the standpoint of, you know, the, the parade route. So stake out the route and then also look around when you're setting up. Cause again, you're going to pretty much be shooting from a fixed position or very close to fixed position. Um, look at what the backgrounds are like, look at what, Mm -hmm. whether there's shade, uh, you know, it can be really tricky. If your subjects are in shade and the background is, is brightly lit, that makes for some tricky shots. So you want, you want your lighting to hopefully be uniform, whatever that might be. (laughs) We were hoping for cloud cover. We didn't get it, but yeah, the forecast that was there even that morning showed that it was going to be, you know, like light overcast during the parade and, that was a wonderful thought that would have just been fantastic. We didn't get that. So, you know, it was, the lighting was a little bit harsh mm-hmm. and I think we were both happy that we were shooting in raw because if we've been shooting in JPEGs, 
it would have been pretty ugly. I, I was doing a lot of shadow recovery yeah, on faces yeah. and stuff. In, yeah, in same post. here. But you, but, just you know, that's to. good. You know, that, that, and fortunately with, with that and some of these new tools, it's pretty easy to do. So um, let's talk a little bit just about some generic camera settings some some things because see now we we did this impromptu in croatia remember we had that parade yeah, yeah, we were having lunch a- and all of a sudden this this you know majorette parade comes comes down the street and we were in which was kind of lots of fun and it was fun but you know i i got my shots back and then i was like crap i really didn't get a lot of sharp shots and i remembered this and i actually learned from from my failures mm-hmm. um, um which was Normally, when I'm just doing my casual walkabout photography, I'm normally using aperture priority and auto ISO and mm-hmm. aperture. And it works great. I mean, it's not a problem. I mean, your exposures are good. You've got vibration reduction or image stabilization, and these are not an issue. But as soon as you start getting people moving around in the parades, um, a 200th of a second is not enough. No, um, and, and and so your camera really needs to be, you need to use settings one way or another that drives your shutter speed up. So for me, it was um, real simple. I just put the camera in shutter priority and set it to a thousand and said, we're good. And and even then you can still get, surprisingly, you can get a little bit of motion blur, even mm-hmm. if what would be conce- considered a, a fast shutter speed once upon a time. Um, you know, these these cameras, you, you had a faster lens than I did though. So in yeah, your case, it was a little, it was more like setting your aperture to be. Yeah. And I was more wide shooting open. typically either at 2.8 or F4. Mm-hmm. And so the shutter speeds I got without, you know, having to fuss around too much were, you know, maybe just below a thousandth of a second, all the way up to eight thousandth of a second. And so, so that worked well. So, you know, if, if you're out there listening, you know, the, the ways you could, do this you know there's that you you can use a, a faster aperture if you know your light is pretty constant that's one uh you can set your base iso even if you're using auto iso settings you can set your floor a little higher like if i had set the iso to 400 mm-hmm. perfectly clean with today's cameras is not it's not an issue God, I, no. I probably would have gotten shutter speeds in that 800 to 1600 of a second range uh shutter priority is another option you know all of these things will will do but boy was it important to get that faster shutter speed in yes. these situations yes. and then um and then before we talk about there were some early shots that i made um where it was individual people uh-huh. and, and they were in shade and i was at let's say you know, one sixtieth of a second, and and just facial movements mm-hmm. screwed up some shots. Yeah, it's crazy how much that can happen. So it, it it's really a real can. thing. It's a real thing. So um, so uh, faster shutter speed is you know you don't really think about a parade as being fast action, but it's enough. It doesn't take very much. Right. So um, another thing I came across was I, I saw my metering was going all over the place. And this is what happens when you've got, uh, when you're moving and you're panning and backgrounds are different and subjects are different and you've got some kind of evaluative metering is trying to prioritize subjects and stuff. And mm-hmm. I was, you know, some shots, it looked like I was just absolutely blowing out backgrounds. I'm like, what's going on here? You know, I was confused and you can see that you know and the nice thing is with a mirrorless camera you can see this pretty obvious in your evf if you've got mm-hmm. the if you've got the display set to to show the exposure you know the the preview the exposure and there's a setting in the nikon z9 that i discovered and maybe other cameras have a similar setting 
which allows it when when you're using face detection to prioritize metering on the face now normally you would think this is a good that's a good idea that's a very good thing you want to you want to open up shadows for example if a face is in shadow and prioritize Mm -hmm. that that's a good thing normally but in this particular kind of condition where we were moving around and there was dark buildings light buildings all kinds of stuff behind it it was just screwing up the overall exposure of the of the scene so i turned that off and the downside is now my shadows were stronger on faces mm-hmm. but the overall scene was exposed better and then i just pulled the shadows back in post sure my so experience has been it is a common setting in in cameras so mm-hmm. most of them that have any kind of face and eye detection will have that too and you know just one little comment on it um a lot depends on skin tone so mm-hmm. you know you frequently have to override it anyway. It's like my wife has very light colored skin mm-hmm. and just shooting straight ends up with images that are too dark, but um, it's not a bad setting. You just have to know when right. and how to it's, use it. It's an awareness thing. And so right. it's something to look for in your, in your camera. Um, on the other hand, you know, for the most part, everything w- was great. Now focus. <laughs> I think we could both agree this was where having face detection, subject detection, eye detection, whatever, was just really great. Absolutely. And it, it worked very well um, for me. I, I used a you know, smaller zone to kind of constrain where I wanted to, it to focus, not too small, um, kind of medium-sized in a sense. Like a box. And yeah, it was you know, just a square in the middle. And that, that definitely helped um, because... You know, at times there were lots of people in the frame, mm-hmm. potentially, and the camera could get confused. So that was just a way of being able to right. narrow it down a little. It worked. I, 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 I was shocked. It. I mean, the shots that, I mean, I got really good autofocus at f2.8, mm-hmm. f4, just not a problem. Well, I, I had made it so much similar simpler results. I mean, yeah, I was using a wide zone, but most of the time it was it was looking for the nearest subject you know the nearest person and this Mm -hmm. was great like when we had people on roller skates coming through and i didn't have to pan as hard you know i just had to keep them in the frame and the camera just stayed on their on either on their head or their body and it was really good most of the time and this is with a a slower lens i didn't have the the benefit of a f28 lens i was using something that you know goes to f63 wide open at the long end right so And, you know, the the 24 to 200 is not what I would call a performance lens, but it did quite well. But it's very handy. It it was very useful. One thing I was reminded of that um, I think is a really nice feature when you're having to shoot quickly and you've got subjects that are coming towards you um, and changing size so that you may need to be zooming that one of the really nice advantages to a lens that zooms internally, you know, so one where as you go to longer or shorter focal lengths doesn't extend or contract is that the zooming action tends to be very light. I could just do it with the tip of my thumb and go from 200 to 70, you know, just effortlessly. Yeah. You're not having to move stuff. And, and so that's just something to think about. I think if, if you have options or, plan to do a lot of stuff that type it doesn't have to be a parade it can be other things but well that is I, a, a nice little subtlety you're right but 
it's also sometimes comes with a significant penalty in price. So, oh, sure. So oh, that's yeah. you know it, it's it's nice yeah. to say that in a vacuum, but yes, those are nice to haves, but they're not um, always what you're gonna gonna get. But you know, at the end of the day, we came back with a lot of fun, colorful shots. Now, you may not have an event like this where you are at. So, what are some things that are similar types of um, uh, photography that you you could do because we wouldn't this you know this was kind of street photography but not really street you know it was no not, not what you would call the classical definition of street photography no so this was kind of like event photography um that's the good news for us it was it. during the daytime so we didn't have to worry about you know dark flash lights you know a lot of parades happen in the evening or nighttime um but what are some other things that you might be able to find that are like this, you know, just any kind of events, festivals, shows, whatever. Um, any other ideas? Well, I, I suggest, you know, parades of different types can certainly work. Um, you know, those are good candidates. I think, um, heck, there are so many local celebrations and sometimes you know, things like farmers markets mm -hmm. can even get you a little bit into that zone. And, you know, one of the nice things you can do is if you're, if you decide to put more of an emphasis, emphasis, maybe on the people selling stuff, especially if you buy something from them, you know, they're very happy to have their photo taken right. typically. And those can be nice where they're, you know, kind of engaged and showing off the stuff that they have, you know, especially if they have a little bit of pride in it. Mm -hmm. um, those are good candidates. I mean, markets in general are kind of cool. Um, we were, you and I were talking about photographing a car show. Um, this was not during the recording, but before it. And, you know, those kinds of things can be good candidates for it. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of them. There are a lot right. of them. It's a lot of this is just deciding to do it and then, being a little bit brave. Yeah. And I think my piece of advice, which is what you sort of did just by default, was that if you're in doubt, you know, approaching these kinds of subjects, not even the people, but just these sorts of things, it's a lot easier to start off going tight than trying to go wide. Mm -hmm. um, wide can be hard if you don't have a good defined subject or, you know, if the backgrounds aren't, aren't pleasant. Um, you know, the wide shot just doesn't always work. Not, you know, you know, think car show. A lot of times those cars are just packed in right next to each other. Uh, you can't do a wide shot that shows just a car and, you know, wonderful. Set. Not, not everything is no the Concorde Elegance in Pebble Beach, you know? So, um, you know, it's just go tight and, and, and something like a, a good mid-range zoom can work real well for the, those kinds of uh, subjects. So it's always useful thinking about, you know, what you did and more importantly, what might you do differently the next time we've kind of hinted at a few things there with settings, but if you were going to do that same exact event again, how might you approach it differently? Me personally, I would yeah. just, I, I think we had an okay spot, but what I didn't pay attention to was what we, we weren't shooting the performers from straight on, you know, we weren't going out in the middle of the street. So right. you're going to have buildings in the background. And unfortunately one of those was solid black. It was painted black. Mm -hmm. And I think I would have set up somewhere slightly differently from that. Cause that was, that was throwing things around a little bit 
going yeah. between them. There was a black building and a white building right next to each other. And they were kind of going between them. Yeah. Um, but, I, but I think mostly it, it went okay. I think just that shutter speed thing, once I remembered to do that, that was the biggest thing that I, I caught myself in quite early on. And I'd probably approach more people um, in the beginning. Um, yeah, that that is definitely something I would do more of. We both did it and it was fun. But I, I should have done more of it. And I think if I had to do it again, I certainly would have taken the 70 to 200 again, because that, that just turned out to be really nice and I enjoyed it. But I probably would have brought something like an 85 um, millimeter lens as well to use before the parade started and then just gotten a bunch more individual or small group photos. And And the reason for the 85 as opposed to the 70 to 200 is simply size. You know, it's a much smaller thing to, to poke in someone's face. That's true. Yeah. yeah. It's less so psychologically it's different. So that's what I would do. And, and I would probably do at least triple the number of individual shots, maybe even more than that because they, they were fun. And next time you need to dress more colorfully. I know. I, I'm, I'm the wrong person for that one. He is the guy so wearing the dull. black t-shirt at the pride parade. Come on, man. You know? I know. It wasn't <laughs> intentional. No, I know. <laughs> and it, you I'm afraid gone. I have no rainbow colored or tie-dye I mean, you know. colored t-shirts. Well, I just don't. You have something to look forward to for next year. You can start, start your shopping list now. Probably not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, that's all the time we have for today's podcast. Yeah. Don't forget to check out our Facebook page. Facebook we'll throw up some pictures. Slash Image Doctors. Uh, we still have uh, one slot left if you want to join us in Santa Fe and some slots open for our Denver workshop registration closes this weekend on those. So you want to, you want to uh, get on that if you want to shoot with us. Um, and until next time, happy shooting. All right. Bye-bye.